Welcome back to the Quiet Onset podcast. I'm Ewan Gruff and I'm joined by Lachlan Teeley. How are you doing tonight? Hello. I'm doing good, my friend. I'm keen. I've already recorded one episode. I'm we ready have. for another. Yeah, we are super ready to jump straight into things. And there's a lot of Should things. Should I go have another Red today. Bull? Oh, uh, you finished the other one? Oh. I finished the other one. Maybe maybe you should run and grab another one if you need it. I mean, you know. I just don't want to get to like halfway through this episode and the Red Bull come down. Have a bit of a downer? I'm just like, you don't want coming like, down as the moon is literally falling down from the sky. You want to be ready yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, uh, 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 maybe do I should you take another do. shot of, of Red Bull every time the moon comes around. <laughs> every time you look outside and it's just like every lurking and looking at you. I was like staring at <laughs> the moon while spilling my drink. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the Red Bull man up on the moon watching you. But maybe you are wondering, well, what were they recording? Is it, I don't know, I can't even think of something that would be um, work appropriate, I'd say, <laughs> what we could be recording instead. We could have just been recording another episode for the future. We could. Uh, I guess we kind of did, but just not for this feed because we No, are... not for Quite On Say Podcast. Do you want to tell the people what's up? We recorded an episode of the Roll That Again podcast. Ayo. Which is a bi-weekly conversational deep dive into cinemas. Now I'm not going to do the whole thing. It's just <laughs> a, pod, a new podcast. It's just, it's just a podcast, mate. Go listen to it. Another podcast. <laughs> yeah. You guys can listen to if you want to hear us just hanging out and talking about movies that aren't the latest. Yeah, we spend so much time here talking about news and trailers and new releases. And we used to do this thing where we, you know, take a step back from the new releases and maybe watch something as part of like a film club thing. Um, and we haven't really had time with the amount of movies that we've been covering um, on this show. And we want to give the Who time to it as well. Who knew that there were so many movies that release every year? There's, there's a couple thousand at least. Um, just a, a few thousand. There's, there's more than 52. And there are 52 weeks and 52 episodes usually per year from this podcast. So, you know, there's, there's a limit to this thing. Um, so instead of, I guess, covering less movies, we are going for more. And um, instead of... You know, f pumping this show with uh, even more movies and like another focus, we are dedicating an entire uh, sit down session and, and chat about a film um, maybe a bit differently as well than we usually do. We have a bunch of fun segments that are exclusive on the Roll That Again podcast. So definitely go check it out. And new episodes release every other Monday. But Lachlan, en enough of the promotion of um, another podcast. Uh, and let's look at what we are talking about today. Uh, we'll be taking a look at the nominees of the 94th Academy Awards. Plus, um, there's so many new Netflix originals coming to Netflix in 2022. And we'll also talk so about many. delays, dismays, and uh, sequels. There's a, a bit of a news on that end as well. Um, and I've had quite a busy week myself catching up with some film releases I missed. Early in the year, um, coming from Netflix, speaking of that, actually. And um, Lachlan spent a lot of time playing a video game, and he'll tell us all about that. I played a lot of hours of this new video game. Finally, Apocalypse strikes again with Roland Emmerich's new disaster event, Moonfall, and we will decisively answer the question of why that moon be fallen. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to skip around to find what particularly interests you in today's show, you can find time codes linked below in the description. And before we get into the main part of the show, don't forget to drop those five-star reviews over on Spotify, over on Apple Podcasts. We love to see, you know, not the moon on the sky, but actually the stars shining next to uh, our new releases. And maybe also consider uh, shouting the show out to a mate. goes a long way to help us grow. Lachlan, without further ado, let's jump into this very news-heavy week. First up, we got confirmation on a new film that's set in the Sony Spider-Verse uh, that is not animated, that is not Venom, that is not Jared Leto flying to Mars. It's a female-led film called uh, Madame Web. Dakota Johnson was cast. Ellen DeGeneres was cast as the villain. I don't know if they were just like making parallels between real life where she's kind of a villain herself uh, as of late. But I was not familiar with that character. Have you heard of uh, Madame Web before? No. Again, I'm not, I'm not a big comic book. Yeah, same, the biggest same comic with book me. In the world, so I haven't heard of a lot of the other people. But yes, now I have heard of Now I have. Thank you for enlightening me. Hey, the thing is, like, I... I read maybe a couple issues of certain comics when 
I was watching the MCU films kind of growing up with it. I feel like it's kind of the medium that was kind of right before our generation that uh, that they were maybe more involved with. There's still a lot of people who read a lot of comics, but I guess it's not really up our wheelhouse as much. Um, but we get Cassandra Webb, and from what I could tell, she's kind of she's a mutant. She has like telepathy powers. She has a bunch of different powers that. I've heard some people say or allude to her being kind of the Doctor Strange of that universe or kind of like that witchery type of stuff that would make a multiverse feasible in, from like that perspective of the universe as well. I'm not into, I, I got no clue what this actually will be about, but um, as of late, I think Dakota Johnson has had a lot of like strong performances. I'm interested in, in what they will do with this, although uh, everything that comes from Sony that is not that has no involvement from Disney and Marvel, I would be a bit more skeptical towards. But and then we got news, also spoiler warning for Scream, Scream Five. Uh, but we got news that uh, Scream Six is indeed happening with the ready or not directors staying on to direct a sequel. So luckily, we predicted this already when we were reviewing um, Scream. So what are your thoughts now that we had confirmation on this? Look, not surprising that they would like to successfully reboot another horror franchise. Look, I enjoyed Scream uh, 5. That is Scream 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy Screams, um, the sequel. Screams. <laughs> Screams. Aliens. I, I, like, honestly, I... I I, I don't really care at this point that they're redoing another one or doing another one. If it's going to have the same cast, then sure. And if it's going to be like the like a, a quick little trilogy, like what Halloween is doing, mm. I guess I wouldn't mind. Why can't they just do something else? <laughs> Why can't they just make a new <laughs> Dude, horror it's, movie? It's hard. It's hard. I mean, they did Ready or Not, and I feel like that's a great success. That was a good one-off horror film. Um, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. But... I think you mentioned that you just want to see the whole like stab library just be done like professionally and like yeah, in no, actual no. movies. Why can't they do that? Yeah. I would love that. That that would be kind of fun, you know, taking a stab at that huh, intent. No, no hey, I guess pun intended. But I mean, they could do a, uh, because like stab eight was a pretty big plot point in Scream 5. Um, So why not make Scream 6 and it's like, and a whole other level of meta. Um, I wouldn't be against. I that. don't think you can get any more meta without it getting worse. I That's I agree. With I Scream, agree. I don't know how much more meta you could get without making yeah. it too meta and over the top. That's the thing. Why why I don't get why they didn't end it off with a one off requel. You know, it doesn't really make sense to be so aware of what the industry is like right now and then just set up a sequel bait basically. So I I'm not sure. I think more Scream can always be at least entertaining. Probably not always good, but uh, at least entertaining. So um, I, I guess I, I am kind of keen because I do think that these directors can at least make a, a fun movie. Though it does not make sense to have uh, an, like another two killers appear out of thin air. Or just like, you know, two, three years They're going to have to really pull something to not be super cringy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the reveal... Spoilers again for like uh yeah Reddit and 4chan was was a bit like that was a bit weird. I don't know I don't know how you go into a different direction that's also feels modern, but it, because it is kind of yeah. a logical place that you would go to the internet. But I I don't know. So um skeptical but keen I would say. And then we got uh, uh like a tiny bit of news I guess on Mission Impossible Seven that was pushed back from a summer release this year to twenty twenty three. Um reason for that being. Uh, apparently that they want to finish the next one off, uh, Mission Impossible 8, before Mission Impossible 7 uh, releases because supposedly 7 ends on a cliffhanger. And I don't know why they would already say that it ends on a cliffhanger. That kind of, I guess, spoils the ending of that film. Um, But that's their reasoning. Sorry for everyone that I just spoiled, I guess, for a movie that's not coming out until literally like 15 months. Um, but yeah, Lachlan, what do you, what do you think about uh, that kind of planning ahead of, of uh, production and, and release strategies? I'm being so transparent about it as well, you know? It's smart, I guess. They they have a multi-movie plan, yeah. I guess, at the end of the day. So I, I yeah, guess they, true, yeah. they know what they're doing. So uh, they could ruin it, though. So we'll find it. We'll see. There is always like the big set piece that's, that they do and the crazy stunt that, um, hmm. you know, Tom Cruise does. Uh, and I feel like the last few films in the Mission Impossible. Like the, the series has just been getting kind of better in my opinion. It's, it's it had some mm. really strong films. So it would be great if I mean if they take their time and make a good product and 
great, but I feel like ending it on a cliffhanger, it's like making it more into a series. Whereas I thought those movies are pretty conclusive in the way that they end. Yeah. So I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a fan of like this continued trend of having basically like a part one and part two of a story. Uh, and then um, a huge news item that uh, we can't go over fully because it's just it just would blow the show out of proportion is the announcement of all the Netflix original movies, not series, just movies. Uh, coming to Di uh, coming to Disney Plus, coming to Netflix this year, which include a sum of over eighty movies. That's not even licensed stuff or stuff that they get later down the line. That's the stuff that Netflix originally produced. I just I just want to hit you with a few names that are associated with these films. We got Jason Momoa, Chris Hemsworth, Ryan Reynolds, Mark wow. Ruffalo, wow. Zoe Zaldana, wow. Henry Cavill, wow. Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Crazy. Ana de Armas, Jamie Foxx, John Boyega, Adam Sandler, Anthony Mackie, Eddie Redmayne, Jessica Chastain, uh, Daniel Craig, Christian Bale, Robert Duvall, Adam Driver, Miles Teller, Florence Pugh, Dakota Johnson, Ewan McGregor, Jack Black, Jonah Hill, and many more. So that's fucking people. crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of people. You say you. I said, oh, you said you. I said you and McGregor. He's just a voice. He he voices like the the cricket in Pinocchio. I just wanted to say my own name. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, there's, wow. there's even a lot of other people. There's a, a shit ton coming to Netflix this year. Uh, also directors like Noah Baumbach making the next movie. Uh, on Netflix, Richard Linklater doing animated movie, animated family movie. Uh, the Russo brothers. So obviously, these guys realize that that's that's where the money is. Surely, right? That's where the future is, yeah, especially. I mean, if you can adjust uh, and go to a platform that is willing to just basically give you pretty much a blank check according to where you're standing Here's currently the in the industry. And you can, yeah, you can do whatever you want and you have a lot of free reign, then yeah, why Crazy. wouldn't you not go there? Uh, that's where talent is going in the future. I don't, I mean, they can't keep it up forever because like it is basically oh, like so. a bidding war. Uh, Netflix spending so much money that they're not getting back. Basically mm. to... Um, set themselves up to be a competitor down the line for a prime service or for a plus service. Um, not Disney plus actually, but Apple plus, you know, th that's where the future is. I mean, Disney has also established itself with the IP that they already got and just have to grow. But a lot of these other ones are where the industry is going and where the talent is going or that they're trying to, you know, grab and, and get a hold of. So it's, it's really mm. interesting to see Netflix being a couple years ahead of maybe its competitors just with how established it has already been, how many Oscar has gotten kind of attracting also the talent now. And um, speaking of talent, we got two films with Adam Sandler in it this year. <laughs> and both of them, both what? of them, we, I think both of them are not comedies. They both um, <gasps> seem like they might be well-performed Adam Sandler performances. This is going to be the year. The first time ever. Oscar yeah. nomination. Let's go, baby. Uh, well, one of them is from Chernobyl, uh, the Chernobyl director. He's doing Spaceman. And among the cast is Ooh. Adam Sandler, uh, Kerry Mulligan, and Paul Dano. It's not a comedy. It's a sci-fi film. So, you know, that's promising. We both really enjoyed Cherno uh, Chernobyl, right? I love Chernobyl. Yeah. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, we got an announcement for Enola Holmes 2. That's with Henry Cavill and, um, oh God, I'm about to call a Stranger Things girl, but I'm blanking on her name right now. Can you help me out, Lachlan? Don't, no, don't Google it. Don't Google it. I'm going to figure it out. We're going to stay here as long as we have to. <laughs> Lachlan, Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Millie Bobby yeah. Brown, Brown is Enola Holmes. And uh, we're getting a sequel to that film. And the second Adam Sandler movie uh, stars him and Robert Duvall, who you might have known from a little movie called The Godfather. Never heard of it. And that story follows an American basketball scout who is unjustly fired after discovering a once-in-a-lifetime player abroad. The scout decides to bring the player to America to prove that they both have what it takes to make it in the NBA. So Wow. Yeah. I'm a bit more keen for Spaceman, which says an orphan boy raised in the Czech countryside becomes the country's first astronaut. He is tasked with the solo mission to Venus and while venturing into deep space discovers a possibly imaginary giant alien spider. That that sounds super fun. So, <laughs> Spaceman. Sounds um, crazy. Yeah, it does sound Love kind it. of crazy. And um, those are yeah, two movies starring Adam Sandler. Um, keen for cool. both of them. Um, and, uh, what else is there, Lachlan? Is there anything that is, sticks out? We, we obviously can't go over all of them. Um, I guess one of the big ones would be Knives Out 2. Spiderhead sounds cool. In the near future, convicts are offered the chance to volunteer as medical subjects to shorten their sentence. One such subject for a new drug capable of generating feelings of love begins questioning, generating feelings of love begins questioning the reality of his emotions. Yeah, it yeah. actually sounds... Pretty cool. I, th I think Spiderhead sounds cool. Grey Man. Why? Because uh, Ryan Gosling. 
Yeah, we got. <laughs> you sold me. Ryan Gosling. We don't need anything else. Ryan Gosling and Chris Hemsworth. Adversaries. Don't even, don't even bother try selling me on anything else. Action film. Yeah, I mean, in Spiderhead, we also got Chris Hemsworth. Um, crazy. Such a big movie. Um, for me, crazy. in particular, I would say White Noise from Noah Baumbach, and we got uh, Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, and Don Cheadle in it. Um, I'm super keen for that one. Although I have no clue what it's about. I actually don't want to even, I don't even want to read the logline. I just want to see a new, uh, Noah Baumbach film. And th yeah, there's crazy stuff. Like there's, there's a movie called Monkey Man that's directed by Dev Patel and also stars Dev Patel. Uh, directed by? Yeah. I think is it's that his, his debut. I think it is his debut. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we also got a movie starring Tom Burke and Florence Pugh called The Wonder. Uh, a, I think, a romance film uh, called Persuasion with Dakota Johnson, Henry Golding, Suki Waterhouse, Richard E. Grant. Richard e. Grant. Um, there's Apollo 10 and a Half, uh, A Space Age Childhood from uh, Linklater with Jack Black and Zachary Levi. Uh, it's an animated film. A, I think a satirical, uh, at least comedy disc called You People with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, looks also pretty fun. Um, there's just so many movies, so many big names attached uh, to new films coming um, this year. Um, I'm honestly surprised at how stacked this lineup is um, and how diverse mm -hmm. it is as well. Like we get Jason Momoa in Slumberland with like fucking weird horns on. Some kind of, I think, children's book story that's adapted from it. It comes from the director who Dark. did uh, the entire The Hunger Games series. He also directed I Am Legend and Constantine, Red Sparrow. Um, that's Francis Lawrence. Um, he does. He's doing Slumberland. That's something maybe to keep on the radar. And then from the director of Free Guy, Sean uh, Levy, he's doing The Adam Project with uh, Ryan Reynolds, sorry, Saldana, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo. Um, that's kind of a. I think it's a time travel movie where uh, a man travels back in time to help his 13-year-old self, uh, and they, they like meet their dad. And that's that's the premise of the story. Yeah, there's just uh, there's just a lot of stuff. And also, we are getting one of the two Pinocchio films from Guillermo del Toro uh, later this year. So I think, uh, so, you know, if you are interested, uh, go check out uh, the list. I have a, a list with every um, movie mentioned in the press release from Netflix. If you're interested in, um, you know, keeping those on your radar, uh, then um, yeah, definitely do that. I think Netflix is going to be a major play. I mean, if you look at it, there's 80 movies that they have announced and there's 52 year, 52 weeks in a year. We are looking at a very stacked lineup of films just from Netflix alone. Um, and some of them even have the potential to be quite good. So uh, mm. yeah, I'm super keen to see that. And we left out like, I think 15 movies that were still interesting because um, I don't want to spend too much time on it. There's a fuck ton of movies. Yeah, this is like the first time the show notes over on Patreon are actually super interesting because... Wrote a whole bunch of notes uh, for all of these. Anyways, uh, and we got the announcement of this year's Oscar nominees. And Knuckle um, is someone, you know, you don't really care about the award shows as much. I don't really either. It's just kind of fun to sometimes guess and kind of, sees what's, uh, kind of see what's getting appreciated, what's not getting appreciated. It's usually doesn't line up with our top favorites of the film, our top favorite directors and performers, but sometimes it does. Um, so maybe let's have a look and see uh, what was maybe the biggest winners and what were the biggest losers from uh, the nominees alone. So taking away the most nominees in total was The Power of the Dark with a staggering 12 nominations in total. We have uh, nominations, especially in the performances. Uh, basically the four um, biggest performances in the film all got nominated. No, to no surprise, Benedict Cumberbatch got nominated. And then Cody Smith McPhee, who has also been kind of already racking up a lot of rewards previously on other shows and other award shows, uh, also got a nomination. But additionally, uh, Kirsten Dunst got a nomination in Supporting Actress. And Jesse Plemons as well got his nomination. So I'm really glad, not for this performance in particular, although I think he, he was great in the film. Um, he's just a great actor overall, even just from his his days on Breaking Bad. And yeah, super happy for him. Uh, on, on that note as well, uh, the other Jesse, Jesse Buckley, who, you know, in 2019, they were both in a little movie called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. She also got nominated, kind of surprisingly, for The Lost Daughter and her uh, supporting uh, role as the younger version of Olivia Coleman, which, by the way, also got nominated. <laughs> so that was, um, apart from a screenplay nomination, the only nomination that... Uh, the Lost Daughter got. Um, anyways, uh, Dune picked up 10 nominations. What was probably most upsetting and surprising was that 
although it got no no performances that was expected, a lot of technical stuff, it didn't get best director, uh, which was which was a bit <laughs> odd. <laughs> that you know they 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 say like oh you did this great and this great the sound was great the cinematography was great oh you did great job editing I, I, you did all of this great and the sum total of this the director I guess you don't make the cut it, it is a bit odd um and although it is kind of a, a strong four um definitely wouldn't keep Kenneth Branagh in there because he got nominated for Belfast um and speaking of that film um although it was maybe one of the frontrunners to even take home best picture it kind of uh underdelivered maybe on some expectations when it comes to our nominations it got seven in total um which was quite a pleasant surprise to me because i cannot stand that movie um luckily i think i think you came out uh liking belfast a bit right if i remember correctly overall yeah but i would put i would definitely put uh villanue above kenneth yeah yeah i'll adapt for sure yeah it is an odd choice to not have villanue in there i i i look i liked belfast I definitely could see it being a very Oscar-baity movie. I don't think it, uh, like, okay, let me, I'm going through, like, here now. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I don't think it's going to win Best Director. I don't think it's going to get, uh, I'm just trying to see what else, uh, Supporting Actress. Um, sorry, Judy Dench. I don't think it's going to be getting uh, original screenplay. I don't think it's going to get original screenplay. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's going to win any of the things. I think it's just it's thing is just in there because it's in there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not happy that it do that, that Denise Villeneuve is not nominated. Yeah, it is a bit director. I, I feel like because I feel like that is a fucking technical feat and a half oh, to yeah. pull it all together. But I think Kenneth's just nominated because it's him. It is it is super odd that he's getting um so like a lot of nominations, but then also missing a bunch of them. Yeah. Like a bunch of the big ones as well. Like why is it not in best animated feature? Why is it not in best uh foreign feature? I mean it's fucking Irish. Film. Have you seen Irish people? Yeah. Fucking foreign. Okay. No, I'm talking about Dune. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Dune. Dune's on another planet. Oh also foreign. Also very foreign. Foreign. Technically foreign. Yeah. Spicing it up. Technically foreign. I mean I, I was about to say Arkansas. <laughs> what's the what's the planet called in Dune? Um Arrakis? Oh no, I think it's pronounced Arkansas. Oh, fuck <laughs> no, uh it, it is uh surprising, <laughs> although I think the only movies that have a shot at best picture are probably Belfast and The Power of the Dog. I don't really see Dune taking home You don't think Dune's gonna get best picture? I don't think so, no. I think West Side Story has a bigger shot at taking Best Picture over Dune. Yeah, but I think, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like Dune's got a better chance. Dune's got a better chance than Belfast. Uh, drive so? my, oh, drive my cars in there. I think, I think, I think it's probably going to go to Power of the Dog. Yeah, that's that's obvious front runner. I, I'd say. I don't think I don't think uh, Nightmare Alley stands a chance. Licorice Peach doesn't stand a chance. King Richard doesn't stand a chance. Don't Look Up doesn't stand a chance. Coda, unfortunately, is it's nice that it's in there, but I don't think it's a chance against the might of the, the phenomenal filmmaking by Jane Champ, uh, Champion. By the way, she's the first female director who has two uh, director nominations. Um, what? That's no famously way. only like a single-digit amount. I can't think of it at the top of my head. Single-digit amount of of uh, women being nominated for best director, and she has double dipped uh, when it comes to that. So. She's a goat. She's definitely a goat. And I think it's kind of a lock that she's... Ta- Even if Villeneuve was in there, um, I don't think he would have a shot against um, Champion because she's been kind of... I would cry if Belfast gets it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a Green Book situation where I don't want to take have it take it's any uh, type of nominees. What was a pleasant surprise, though, was the love for international features. Um, Flea made history yeah. by being nominated in three different categories uh which one was like, flea again that was the norwegian animated uh, film about oh. a refugee that i really oh, you enjoyed. love that one don't you yeah and yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i i really enjoyed flea uh and it's in the best animated feature it's in the best documentary feature and it's in the best international feature so that's kind of an odd combination of things to be in haven't seen it yet probably won't see it but let me know yeah <laughs> well let you know if it wins or if uh, what, what? Uh, let me know if it's you know right. if it wins if it wins I might watch it I'll, I'll, I'll let you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else was there I mean the international features were a bit of a surprise uh, I think both of the screenplay nominations for Drive My Car and The Worst Person in the World were um, very nice to see 
Although I would have loved to have seen the worst person in the world creeping its way into, you know, the best picture race. Although it has no shot of winning. Same for Drive My Car. It doesn't really have a shot at winning, but it's still nice to see it be appreciated. And I mean, into the best director lineup, speaking of Villeneuve uh, missing that fourth slot, we instead got the director of uh, Drive My Car in there, which I think is very deserving mm. of, of that that movie with like its different languages and like especially like the screenplay in combination with the directing. Um, is very well done and it deserves to be recognized. Again, just kick Kenneth Branagh out there. We got no Tick, Tick, booming in Best Picture. Uh, I think that was I mean, that was a movie that was kind of picking up steam a bit. And I Not kind surprised. of saw. And uh, being the Ricardos, the Aaron Sorkin um, film, um, only got uh, two. No, did it only get two nominations or did it get three? I think it got three. I can't think of probably makeup. Yeah, makeup is the third one that it got. And two acting nominations for Nicole Kidman. And Javier Bardem, um, which both of them, I would have loved to see that go to someone else. Maybe for Javier Bardem, there would have been space for someone like Nicolas Cage. Long shot from Pig. I would have mm-hmm. loved to have seen that. I would um, have loved to see that. Another big upset was Lady Gaga. Did not get in. Uh, Kristen Stewart instead got into that Oscar race for uh, lead performance. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Have you seen House of Gucci? Haven't seen House of Gucci. Mm. So there's a couple, I was going to say, like, this year is kind of a good year for me because sometimes I, I miss out on a number of, like, the big Oscar racy films. Mm-hmm. But this year it seems like I've seen pretty much all of them. Um, the relevant ones, I feel at like, least, right? The I ones feel that like have a shot I, I still haven't seen West Side Story, uh, Being the Ricardos, Parallel Mothers, uh, House of Gucci, which are like the big ones. But like, even when it comes down to like best animated feature, like last year I didn't see like four of them or like three of them. Right. But this year I've seen Encanto, Luca, Mitchell's vs. the Machines, and Raya the Last Dragon. The only one I haven't seen is Flea. Um, again, a bit different for like the short films, but even when it comes to like best costume design. I've seen Corella Dune, Nightmare mm. Alley, and West Side Story. I haven't seen, uh, what is it? Cryono? Uh, Cyrano. Cryono? Cyrano. I Cyrano. watched it the other I day. I had a, I got a screener for it Um, and we might cover so it like, on a later day, but it's, it's like a weird release strategy. It's the one with, um, it's Peter the Dinklage. musical one with um, yeah. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Wasn't a big fan. Um, but like, yeah, I feel like most of these, like most of the films I've already seen, which is good because now mm. I can finally like have a year where I've only need to watch like four films to kind of, four or five films to be in the race to understand really who's going to win because sometimes i'll be like oh yeah i didn't see that film i'm just going to guess it wasn't they're not going to win because i didn't see it but other than that i mean i haven't seen any of the fucking documentaries because I, I rarely watch a documentary um yeah I haven't, I, yeah i haven't seen a single i have not seen a single one of these i would have seen all the international features if they nominated a hero but it didn't go and did it not go with Oscar fahadi and they nominated a yak I've seen two of the international features, which sometimes I don't even see one of them. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Drive My Car, Worst Person in the World, I've just got to see Yak in the Classroom, The Hand of God, and uh, Flea. Yeah, Hand of God is, by the way, uh, on Netflix, Italian movie. Um, is it? Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but it's uh, by Sorrentini, I think. Um, but what was interesting about Yak in the Classroom, it's definitely not, it wasn't the front runner to get nominated, was that that's a movie from Bhutan, right? Um, mm. and Bhutan, tiny country, uh, has only ever submitted two f- films to even be considered, you know, to be mm. nominated for an Oscar. Both of them, uh, made its way into, uh, the actual, like, top five nominees then. Um, so wow. it has a, quite a, they have quite a track record when it comes to, uh, I guess, submitting films and actually getting in. Man, um, I hate to be this guy, but... Where the fuck is Bhutan? It's the first time I'm... Is the, where the fuck is Bhutan? <laughs> I had a geography face, so I, could, I can definitely describe you, to you oh, where it okay, is. Oh, okay, I see it. I, but, see, um, no, I see where it is. It's like on the top... Is it part of China yet, or is it not part of China? No, no, it, I mean, it's part of like those... Off oh, wow, this place looks stunning. Oh, wow, it's a very beautiful place. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I think that uh wraps it up about what we got to say about the Oscar nominees. I think it's also something oh. that you could dedicate <laughs> an entire episode to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. That wraps up everything for about Bhutan. Yeah, okay, so yeah nothing more. A tiny fucking uh, country. Yeah. Get fucked. But yeah, I think that uh, that wraps it for our thoughts on the Oscar nominees. Um, I think like it's always a big topic that you could dedicate an entire episode to. Same with the winners. We'll keep it in news. We'll keep it kind of light, but um, definitely wanted to to share our quick thoughts on our two cents on um this. Uh, is there any movie that you would want to see um? Take home best picture. Is is there any like front runner that 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 would be your personal pick? I guess that's that's kind of a shoe in. You would probably just go for Dune. Well, being biased of my favorite film of the year, it's probably gonna be like Dune going for it. Yeah, because obviously, um, 
Green Knight mm. isn't in here. Which, all, by the way, shame it didn't get VFX and cinematography. Oh, yeah. Um, I was a bit bummed 100%. about that. Bit disappointing, but hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. At least we've got um, uh, West Side Story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you haven't even seen it. I'm so glad Don't Look Up is in the best picture and Green Knight isn't. Because obviously, the <laughs> Don't Look Up is a much better film than the Green Knight. <laughs> Very oh, much. Fuck sakes. Fuck you, Adam McKay. Um, <laughs> no, look, I want to see I want to see Dune take it home because mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, Parrot Dog was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have the first time I watched it. So I, pr I probably am going to rewatch it before the Oscars. Because uh, I, I did enjoy it, but I just don't think I, again, because I always say this anytime I watch a movie and I don't like it, but it's like, I wasn't in the right mind frame for it yeah. to watch this kind of film. So now that I know what I'm going into when I'm in that kind of mood. I shall watch Power of a Dog. The thing is, I, like bringing it up, bringing it up now, I think is really important because, you know, Oscar mm. voters are also just people like you and me. And I think you easier you're for you're in for an easier watch when you watch something like Belfast or even Dune. But for Power of the oh, Dog, yeah, where, sure. it's, where it's like a, a more subtle and maybe a more nuanced story that is also kind of really harrowing to watch. Thinking. Yeah, you, you have to be in for it. So I feel like it could definitely that could definitely be a surprise when it comes to Best Picture, uh, and it could mm. not win win the big award. I am also rooting for Dune because if I look at all the nominees from Best Picture. Um, Dune is like my top, like my number ten pick. If I look at all the releases, so it, mm. so it's like you know that's pretty much I guess my front runner. Although I'm surprised at that, and I guess it's closely followed by the Power of the Dog. So, Lachlan, once again, yeah. let's shake hands on that we are the same. <laughs> you and I are the same. We're the same. <laughs> we are the same. All right. Uh, so that wraps it for an, a very extensive um section on stories for this week. And uh, there's two trailers that we quickly wanted to go over. Uh, first up, we got a new trailer for Lightyear that uh, shows us not just Chris Evans and lets us hear Chris Evans' voice as Buzz Lightyear, but also gets us the first look at Robot Cat. Um, so, Lachlan, do you have any fa any fats? Do you have any thoughts on Robot Cat and this? Um, yeah, new trailer for Lightyear. Uh, David Bowie is a phenomenal artist when it comes to music. Just want to comment on that. Other than that, that's fair uh, enough, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit more excited to watch it now, so I'll watch it when it comes out. Maybe not sure. Depends how I feel. Yeah, it's gonna be quite an easy watch. It's gonna be on Disney Plus on June seventeenth. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna have to be in the right mind out. frame to watch it. Like Power of the Dog, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be able to watch unless I watch it and it's one of the most mind fucking. Like I watch it and I'm it's like I'm watching um. It's like two thousand one space like a Aronofsky film or something. Uh, yeah, like no, even crazy. The rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, an Aronofsky. Christ. I would love to see an Aronofsky Pixar film. <laughs> Which is a wreck us. Jesus so, Christ. They wouldn't they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't dare. Speaking of Disney Plus, there was also a trailer uh for the remake of Cheaper by the Dozen, um, coming to Disney Plus on March 18th. And um I remember seeing the original ones uh, when I was a kid. I I don't don't get well, there's a lot of kids and two parents, and the kids are kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like they mm. get up to all sorts of shenanigans, and it's like, oh no, so many kids. How how could you handle that? And that's crazy the humor. From it um so i think it, it can be quite fun uh family film although i don't know what you thought of the trailer but i uh, it didn't really reel me in trailer looks like it's a b movie but uh, yeah I right guess. yeah it, it looks very low quality when it comes it's just how they shot it and the before I don't know. It, it was just yeah doesn't look great but um that's i guess coming out and um yeah that's that's it when it comes to trailers not that many coming out this week uh instead of trailers, we got heaps of new releases coming out this week. On Thursday, February 10th, we got the new Steven Soderbergh film um, streaming directly over on HBO Max called Kimmy, starring Zoe Kravitz as an agoraphobic uh, Seattle tech worker uh, who uncovers evidence of a crime. Um, so yeah, that's out on Thursday. And then on Friday, we got, Jesus Christ, like 10 releases. I'm just going over the uh, biggest ones. We're getting a new Liam Neeson action film called Blacklight, wow. where he's against the FBI. He's a whistleblower. And someone kidnaps his granddaughter. Not his daughter. Not to confuse wow. it with another franchise that you might have seen Liam Neeson in. <sighs> he's getting Crazy old shit. now. Yeah. He's got a particular set of knitting skills by now um anyways we also got death on the nile from the now oscar nominated kenneth Branagh. uh we also got i want you back on prime video the in between on paramount plus here before 
Marry Me, Tall Girl 2 on Netflix, The Sky is Everywhere on Which Apple TV+. Tall Girl Plus. 2, greatest, greatest film. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry yeah. that I skipped past that one. Um, um, that was really yeah. disrespectful. You should be. Yeah. You should be. I'm sorry. Very sorry. But uh, obviously, our uh, new main topic, our next topic, main topic on next week's show. Got to talk about Tall of course, Girl. Of course. How can we not? I guess got to rewatch the first one seven Done. times to do yeah. it. And yeah, that's all the releases for this Friday. So it's very packed week. I mean, we got something on, on Prime, on Paramount, on Netflix, and on Apple TV Plus, plus on HBO Max the day before. Um, so pretty much, I don't know, I don't know why February 11th was the day when like all the streaming services were like, okay, January is over, no more dumping of bad movies. Now we just <laughs> open the floodgates and just send you down a spiraling. Here's Staircase every of movie just movies. For the year, just in one month. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Netflix was kind of preemptively just dropping 80 movies on us. Like, well, that's coming yeah. later. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you, you won't worry. have time for anything this year. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for the news. And let's get you to. You thought you were going to make plans? Fuck no. Fuck no. Plans. Fuck no. You're going to be on our streaming service and you're locked in for the next five years. By the way, you want to upgrade? You think the pandemic's ending? No, no, no. We're going to keep you inside your house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that wraps it up for the news and um, let's get to what we've been watching. Or I guess, luckily for you this week, it would be more accurate to call it what we've been playing, what we've been gaming. Playing? Yeah, what have you been Yeah, I've to? been playing Dying Light 2. I haven't, other than watching uh, Independence Day and uh, Moonfall, uh, I literally, oh, actually, I've been watching Euphoria. Oh, yeah? You continue to watch it? I've almost fiz- uh, finished season one. Oh, okay. Of oh, Euphoria. Yeah. Almost finished. Uh, and I'll get back to you, obviously, once I've finished. Kind yeah. Of, you know how, how, I, how I went, but fin- uh, getting through that, but I've been basically just been playing Dying Light <laughs> 2. Uh, Dying Light 2 is really fun. Uh, from a story perspective, it's kind of boring. From a gameplay perspective, it is so much fun. So, uh, if you like killing zombies and parkour, I just, I haven't played a game in so long. Cause like, I remember, cause I had a flashback when I used to like, I'd wait for the latest game and I wouldn't care about reviews. So I'd just buy it and I'd play it and make my own opinion. But now I'm more conservative with money these days. Cause obviously I'm an adult and money just can fly out the door. Uh, I wanted to be a bit more conservative and, and, and figure out figure out exactly if I want to buy this game or not. Some games I don't do that, but, you know. But it hasn't been really, like, a big get release game. Like, I didn't buy Far Cry when it came out, and mm. I didn't buy Metroid when it came out, even though that got positive reviews. Like, I've just been waiting for a, a good game to come out. Mm-hmm. And then Dying Light 2 came out, and I was going to buy it immediately, but then I waited a day, and I read the reviews, and I panicked because it was getting mixed. It was either like, yes, it's very good, yeah, it's kind of bad. There's a lot of bugs, yada, yada, yada. And I was mad, so I just anger purchased it. <laughs> I spent on Steam and I bought it and done. And I bought the game and I started playing it and I'm probably like 15 hours in. I think I've done about, hang on, I've got Steam here. Oh, I've only played 13 hours. I played 13 hours of it and I like it. Yeah, that's great. I've been, I've been kind of hovering over that. But, you know, famously being someone who owns games but doesn't play them, I thought I'd stay away from a new game. Yeah, man, I've seen your Steam library. It fucking scares me. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I am so bad. I even, like, had a flashback as well when you said, like, you used to to buy games and then not even, like, you know, before you even knew if they were good or not. I I did, Mm. I do have Cyberpunk um, in my library and I haven't even opened it, I think, a single time. Did I tell you I finished Cyberpunk? Yeah, I thought, I I, I saw you play it. I stopped playing it like a while back and Mm. just because it was obviously a bit of a a nightmare Mm. and I finally booted it up because the the only thing I had to do was play the last mission, but I just never got around to doing it. And then I was like, ah, I need to make space. So I finished Cyberpunk and then deleted it. Oh, it's a, it's it's a chunky game, really chunky game. If the chunks even load in. Because I play on PC, right? I only yeah. leave very selected games either downloaded, but mainly I I am very selective with which games I put on my SSD. Right. It's like it's like only mm. the games that I think are totally worth it do I put it on my SSD. And uh, I love the original Dying Light. I played the shit out of it, and I played co-op out of it with my mates. Uh, this one I put it on my SSD. Mm. There's only like there's only like probably like five to ten games I'd put on my SSD. One of those would be The Witcher 3, Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I think I had Death Stranding on it. I put Red Dead on it. Red Dead 2, that is. Like, I'm very selective with which games I have on my SSD. 
Yes, it's gotten hard. We, we we talked about this a while ago. Like you know, obviously we are a film podcast, but we also I think kind of games are somewhat adjacent to to uh, films as well, mm. in my opinion at least. And um, you know, I was just thinking about a possible rating system you ca could have if you ever were to review any movies. So it's basically just like you know, the highest rating would just be your SSD drive, then it goes to the your just classic um H what is it HSS? No, it would be it, no, it'd drive. be it'd be M dot two SSD. Then it'd just be like a standard SATA SSD, and then it goes to fucking hard drive, USB drive, floppy disk. <laughs> floppy. I love the floppy disk. I was thinking more of like you know trash trash can. Would I put it on mm. my SSD? That's how we're gonna rate games now. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, I think that's yeah. That's all you've been up to, and you've made me curious as to where sh if I should play this as well. But um, I probably won't because I'm terrible at shooting games. Um, and there's no shooting. It's parkour, baby. Oh, is it parkour? I see. I, I wait. Do I own Dying Light? And I don't. Even you know. you probably do. You piece of shit. I no no I don't own it. But it was on my you wish don't? list for, oh, okay. for a while. I do not own. I have redeemed myself. I only own about another two hundred games that I haven't played. Jesus. By the way, like I last week, I talked about the goal that I set my um for myself to uh listen through an entire uh artist's discography. Set a similar goal for um finishing a game each month because I own so many, I should kind of mm. make use of them. Mm. I did not play a single minute of Hades, uh, which um, yeah, really, nope, I didn't even open it. Hades, I actually, oh, I actually came so close to finishing it again. It's another game that I booted up because I didn't finish it, and I got to the final boss battle, and it was really difficult. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not doing this. Actually, I very came close to beating. Um, actually, final boss, actually, I'm not going to crack that but... video games. He just didn't want to bother finishing it. Like it's just, oh my god. Yeah, of course. Like yeah, he just course, didn't want to do it. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think that's enough talking about games because I still have a couple of films to get through. I'll, I'll stay as on them as briefly as possible. Uh, three of them being over on Netflix. One of them being um, the Kevin Smith film Hometown, which was just a really weird film that saw him as the coach that was kind of disgraced because apparently he was like uh, some kind of bribe or like, I don't know, intentionally hurting players or some huge scandal that got then downplayed. And it was a story about him coaching a, um, a, a, a like a bunch of young boys, uh, teaching them football. And it, it was so weird and it was so bad. Uh, terrible movie. Home team, um, also called Through the Window, as a Spanish film where teens are horny. And um, mm. yeah, a lot of nudity, lots of sex in it, and the dynamic between this girl who craves this rich boy, but the rich boy is kind of hurt. So he's like, what's up with him? He's mysterious. Uh, so, so like it's that type of movie. You don't need any more than that if you are into that. It plays like a Netflix-produced uh, softcore porn, if I yeah, if I could describe it, it's pretty much that. Uh, so if that's up your alley, it's also like very much, I guess, uh, visualized fan fiction. Um, because like there's there's a lot of problematic things in it, but it's like for the sake of having a certain kink or maybe you are into that stuff, then you know it's like those type of fil films where you can kind of express that at least somewhat. And then finally, I caught the house, which was this animated, somewhat anthology story that was about a particular house, but had different stories told. Uh, within, I guess, that that vicinity of, of that uh, location um, that had nothing to do with each other. Uh, I thought it was super interesting as a stop-motion animated film. Uh, I don't know if all of the different uh, free stories that, that they have uh, overall um, really led to a place where I was like, oh, that's interesting. It was more of like that Black Mirror effect of maybe the, the lesser episodes where it's like, I guess the look is cool. It's an interesting idea, but it doesn't really go... In super interesting places where it had potential, but at least for the look alone of stop motion, which you know, if it's done with enough budget and with enough care, always tends to look great. I think I can of those three definitely shout out the house the most. Um, and then the only movie I really enjoyed, I caught it back at South by Southwest in 2021. Um, that's the Fallout, uh, which basically tells the story of a couple of students in the aftermath of a school shooting. Um, and it does so through a lens of um, really showcasing, uh, really showing these teens um, in a way that, that feels kind of authentic in the way that they talk and the way that it's covered. It's, it's a lot of like handheld shots, really close up and gives them a lot of time to breathe as well. And it's done in a way where it's like, you know, you always got to walk the line of making this distasteful and actually just, um, I guess, 
uh, event, not eventifying, but but not not even glamorizing, but like actually putting the wrong focus on a story like this uh, in the aftermath. And it was super interesting to see. And I think uh, Jenny, Jenna Ortega has a great career ahead of her. Uh, she was also in Scream. That's why I already knew her when she was in Scream. And she, she gives a great performance in here. It's out on HBO Max. So if you do have that, go check it out. Uh, the Fallout is going to be uh, one of the better films coming out of the um, first quarter of 2022. And um, yeah, I think that's it. We both saw Independence Day, obviously. So go check out uh, the Roll That Again podcast if you want to hear our very extensive thoughts on that film and a bunch of other Americ films as well. It's technically, we, we talked about so many films over in there. Um, but let's get to that new Emmerich film and talk about Moonfall. I've made a shocking discovery. I need you to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change. When you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. The tagline for Moonfall reads, In 2022, humanity will face the dark side of the moon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Lachlan, <laughs> hearing that tagline, you know, we, we've, we've gone off on tantrums, maybe also off the podcast where we look at taglines yeah. for certain movies. And it's super interesting to see what they go with. And on IMDb, mm. it also has alternative taglines. Yeah. Um, so luckily, if you had to come up with a tagline for Moonfall, what would you go for? In 2022, humanity will face their biggest challenge, a two-hour Lexus and Kaspersky ad. <laughs> Thank Fair you. enough. That, that's, that's not a bad one. I... That's not terrible. I, I have one as well. I, I, uh, I went What with, is it? In 1996, we stepped foot on the moon. In 2022, the moon is returning the favor. Oh, <laughs> damn. Well, I, That's crazy. I guess more literal, the moon is stepping on us. We, you could also go with that one. But yeah, we got some great ideas for the marketing of Moonfall. And to be honest, we'll get to it. But it could have needed a bit better marketing campaign. When it comes to the ratings for this film, over on Metacritic, it has, an, uh, it has a 38 on IMDb at 5.3 and on Letterboxd at 2.3. So it's fair to say, I mean, compared to uh, other Emmerich films, who also are usually not received very positively, unless they're Independence Day. Of course. You know, it's no surprise. Uh, I think Ronald Emmerich is just someone who does movies because he kind of wants to. And like for the last few films that he's done, they weren't critical success, obviously. They were not a critical success or a financial success even. The box office, not even breaking even, but actually losing a shit ton of money and um, studio's not even working with him anymore. And this film and the last, I think, two films he did were all technically indie movies. They were privately produced. Mm. Um, so it's fair to say maybe we won't see a, a, a new film from uh, Emmerich for a while because, like, I, I just got to say, if you with a budget of $150 million, that's crazy, when Jackass, with a budget of $10 million, uh, was able to make $24 million on the same Made weekend. its money back. Hey, it already made its money back. Although it... Uh, Adjusted for inflation, at least, it's the weakest opening for a Jackass film. Um, but it's still pretty impressive. And maybe also goes to show that, like, technically Moonfall is in quote-unquote original film um, because mm. this, it's not based on anything. I would say that, you know, Emmerich has, has gone on to, to critique the Marvel films and kind of, you know, the, the franchising of it all. If you would be honest with yourself, Ronald, then you would realize that, you know, the kind of thing he's doing, it's, it's basically a genre in itself. So it's, it's, it's almost like mm. a franchise that he's doing. And I guess people are just not as interested as they were in 2012 or I guess back in the 90s when they were actually, um, I guess, a bit higher in quality and entertainment. Or I, I don't know what it exactly is that his movies don't do well anymore because I, I don't know how, it, how, how you feel about this, but I think the stupid fun part of his films and this, the spectacle of it all with the effects and everything is still there. Like uh, we talked about this on Rolled It Again a bit more uh, extensively when, when when you said, um, you know, the moments that he creates are usually the strongest points of his film. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of really strong moments in this film when we actually see uh, the destruction that's happening caused by the moon falling. <laughs> and yeah. I, I enjoy myself there. I, I don't think this is a, like a complete failure for what I was going in expecting. Um, maybe if you expect a good drama about the moon falling, then I don't know what the hell you're doing in this theater. If you're expecting Interstellar, get, get yourself 
a reality check. This is not interstellar. But wasn't at the end of the day, wasn't Moonfall all about love as well? Love? Yeah. yeah. Uh, love of your children, I guess. Um, I completely agree. I enjoyed myself watching this film. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think it was a flop. And I was seeing people absolutely roast this film. And yes, while I don't think this film holds up in a number of places, I don't think it, uh, it's as bad as what some outlets are saying. Right, yeah. Um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. It's a disaster film. So I think the CGI can be a bit meh here and there. But I thought overall it was a pretty good job. It's so much better than in Independence Day Resurgence, where like every scene that they are in, you can just feel the green screen. I thought it was mm. was at least a bit better. I mean, it's still very heavily the f- implied. The opening moments, the um, like like the it was a couple green screening effects or right. like like that kind of effect I could see at the start where the, the Earth look, looked normal, but when the Earth was de- like being destroyed, it looked like fucking fine. I was like, how can you fuck up what you see every day? with cgi but when it comes to imagining the earth being destroyed you get it fucking down to the finest t in terms you of know quality. what so <laughs> what it looked like they they had like almost wide lenses in the way that not wide lens but like not really tight lenses telescopic lenses yeah when they were filming the characters but how the moon was shot like the look of it was like you were mm. filming with an ultra like uh, telescopic lens like an 800 millimeter <laughs> like how big the moon was i don't know how you felt about like the moon being basically this like i don't know it's almost was like a slasher <laughs> he's just like appearing and standing in the background i thought it was super entertaining it was, it was like, such, so dumb um which which made it fun to see i think he never really is great at walking the line between making a silly dumb movie uh and also having serious elements in it because he tends to mm. go down the route uh, he doesn't do that in, in his better films like Independence Day. Keep name dropping that film. But he doesn't overcomplicate things where like there's a backstory to everything and there's a reason for it and it's actually a larger story. No, he just keeps it with the characters. He doesn't do that here. There's a couple of weird backstories for the lead, for Patrick Wilson's character. Um, the guy, John Bradley, who I just call um, Elon. What I what I think is also interesting that, you know, if you look at Independence Day, it has that... Uh, character just sacrifices himself and he's kind of the the laughing stock he's kind of the crazy guy and now here in moonfall we get kind of a supporting character that is that is kind of a, a goofball someone to not take seriously and he legitimizes himself and it feels weird to have yeah. like a like especially in current day right now to have someone who's a conspiracy theorist be then validated i, I just like not that wow I don't know. I just don't see the value in that right now. Just just saying. Although this is a stupid, fun movie, I think it is a bit weird that that character is not, um, that is, is redeemed so much. Yeah, I was just looking at the new poster of Morbius. <laughs> what is the new poster? Oh my God. Halt the episode. Halt the episode. There's a new poster for Morbius. I, I feel like, you know, it would be worth it to purchase a fucking ticket to fly to Perths just so we can see Morbius together. Are we together? <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 breathtaking. So gorgeous. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, no. But yeah, uh, Lachlan, do you have uh, any, I guess, theories or ideas on why Moonfall was such a flop? Maybe didn't didn't really work. I guess no one really wants to see an end of the world movie when the world's ending. That's, I mean, Don't Look Up was one. There was no legitimate reason for the world to be ending back in 96 or, oh, I guess, you know, 2K. That could be world ending. And I guess, oh, 2012, I guess you have. The Mayas, yeah. Um, I would counter-argue because we just got Don't Look Up and that was like the biggest Netflix film. It's one of the most reviewed films on Letterboxd, so a lot of people have seen it. Um, Yeah, but it has a bigger cast. I guess it does have a bigger cast. It's a bigger draw. Don't Look Up can sell itself on the cast. Unfortunately, I don't think Patrick Wilson, Halle Berry, and John Bradley can sell as much as Leonardo DiCaprio, Timmy, fucking uh, Katniss Everdeen. Um, It's called Katniss Everdeen. (laughs) She's fucking all like all like called her is Cat Seventeen. Um yeah. <laughs> sorry, Jennifer Lawrence. I just don't think they can sell as in Halle Berry, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Wilson, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart. Oh my god, that's how you make your money back. Get rid of Patrick Wilson, get Patrick Stewart into this film. Um Yes, and have him be I Captain I, I just don't think it I don't think it A uh was received really well. And I feel like a lot of people these days don't want to go out and pay money to see a movie they're not gonna enjoy. Where right. I th- I feel like maybe 10 years ago, I feel like no one really listened to what film critics, I feel like film critics have become a very popular thing. And as soon as like IGN gives it like a five, everyone's going to be like, nah, not going to fucking watch it. Right. 
Um, Because at the same time, you could go and see Jackass or you could go see something else. So I feel like what it's competing against at the moment, I mean, right now, Moonfall has released here in Australia. And I could also go see, what else could I go see? What what else could I have spent my money Spencer, on instead? The worst person in the world. No, what? no one's going to go see worst person in the world, Ewan. Sorry. That makes literally makes me the worst person in the world. So this morning, I could have gone and seen, instead of Moonfall, I could have seen Jackass Forever. I could have gone and seen Spider-Man No Way Home again. I could have gone and seen Belfast, which is probably going to sell some tickets because people, yeah, love Irish. The old people love those kind of films here. I could have gone and seen Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, of course you gotta. I mean, that's the next disaster movie incoming. Imagine King Richard. Dog. I could have gone and seen Scream. I could go and seen Spencer. But yeah. I saw Moonfall. Moonfall just doesn't have. It's a big action movie without the big cast. That's what it's missing. I'm telling you, it's the cast. Yeah. To be fair, the, the cast is quite considerably smaller than it usually is for. No one's going to go see Uncharted because it's an Uncharted movie. We're not going to go and see Uncharted because it has fucking Tom Holland in it. Yeah, obviously. I'm not going for Tom Holland. People are not going to go and watch uh, fucking uh, Belfast because it's Belfast. We're gonna, young people are going to go watch Belfast because it has fucking Mr. Grey in it. What? That's an honest... Yeah, I mean, it, it is... Uh, Belfast I mean, is literally Fifty Shades of Grey. Would you go and watch the new Scream if you didn't have the original characters returning? Yes. I would you because would? I, I yeah yeah that's yeah. you think King Richard would have been as popular if Will Smith wasn't playing it? no definitely not no it, it, do you think that Spencer would have been oh no Spencer would have been just as popular Christian yeah Schoen it's not really that popular with I think a general public um they are sticking to just watching the crown over on Netflix we, we don't get really get a really stacked cast and compared to I guess how sometimes some of his other movies play out where there's an abundance of characters that on too many side plots or subplots. There's also here, but they are all connected. So it feels a bit less global in a sense for, for a global catastrophe, fil catastrophe film. And it's also does its way to include like NASA and SpaceX with references. Uh, the only question I post myself, uh, I was asking myself after watching the film is like, what the fuck would aliens think if they like ever encountered just like a fucking floating car in space and it's just a Tesla? Like, what, what do you think they would, how, how would they react to that? They would, they would just bomb us out of oblivion. Dope. They would be like, that's dope. Yeah. Cool. These guys are cool. You guys, these guys have a sense of humor. It touches one stone and it fucking explodes. Oh, did you know that, sense of did humor. you know that all the Tesla models spell out sex? <laughs> Very funny. Um, hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. They, they'll go hee hee ha ha and laugh so hard they'll die and then they actually don't kill us. Actually love us. And all will be good thanks to Elon Musk and we'll go to the moon. The moon, <laughs> Elon Musk to the moon, and it's actually Elon pushing the moon back in its in its orbit. Maybe Lachlan, uh, let's give a spoiler warning and get into some specifics of the film. So, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, who's still interested in our thoughts on it, could you sum up what Moonfall is to those unknowing, feeble creatures? It's a two-hour disaster film movie with advertisements for Kaspersky and Lexus in it. I would say instead of really falling, the moon is just kind of grinding on us. He's like dry humping us and yeah. we are reading it into it. The moon kind of lowers its rotation. It doesn't really fall. It kind of like just like lowers its rotation. Yeah. And I watched a video on it last night because I don't know, you probably know the uh, YouTube channel Kurzgesagt, which everyone who's not German says um, that's the animated, uh, the, the, like the, the very vibrant animated um, explain YouTube channel with about 15 million subscribers. Yeah. You probably know it. And um, they did a, an episode on what would happen if the moon magically fell out of its orbit and that would actually happen. And apparently it takes quite some time until it does happen. But because of like, you know, the ebb and flow with the gravitational pull that, that causes ebb and flow, um, it would have like waves um huge huge waves would just basically uh drown us all before the moon would even fall down on us which i thought kind of interesting too bad for you i'm a good swimmer so I'm be i'll be fucked because i live in switzerland we don't have any coastlines we are surrounded by french don't you guys have mountains though couldn't you just climb up we a mountain? could just <laughs> dude just climb up a mountain what the fuck you mean <laughs> just just isn't don't it, drown. Isn't that the whole thing of the film is that you just got to get to high ground yeah, I mean, yeah, that's usually, well, no, I just remember the day after tomorrow where, like, the safe haven is just Mexico. Um, it's just Mexico. Yeah. Dude, we just got to go to Mexico. Uh, Yeah, just get to, just go to Mexico, a higher maybe. place and then you're safe. It's also odd that, like, at some point in the movie, it just rains 
um, just like it's almost like the the moon is shooting at them. <laughs> it's like just dropping uh, like asteroids left, uh, meteor meteoroids uh, left and right. Was there any like particular moment that stood out to you um, that you really enjoyed from the film? The best moment is the f first big flood when they're in the hotel and. Uh, <laughs> I just like it because I found it funny. There's that whole SWAT team that enters yeah. that the building mm -hmm. and they just knock on the door to say, hey, can you open the door? <laughs> Instead of kicking down the rest of the doors like they have, they like, open up. Right. We need you. Instead of just kicking down the door. Yeah. And also, they're asleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're just asleep. They went to this, they hosted this convention thing and they just sleep there. <laughs> like, wow. And I just slept there. <laughs> Loved it. That would be my favorite scene. Yeah. That's my dumb answer. My real answer is the opening. The opening. I think the opening was my favorite part. Right. That kind of, it, it was kind of. the rains down in Africa. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Um, I thought the opening was like, again, we, we've all, we, said this, we said this on the Independence Day, uh, Roll It Again podcast. It's a, he, he can do moments well, but he's really good at getting it started and a set, at like setting up the initial thing. Um, and that really does build the initial thing quite well. Um, mm -hmm. And I just thought it was like a really good scene overall, kind of like a mixture of gravity and a mixture of like alien spaceship stuff. And it was really fun. Um, and it was very tense as well. So probably the most intense part of the entire film, the rest of it was just like a fucking roller coaster. Um, so that's that's what I would say, like my favorite part of the film was, which kind of sucks because in the rest of the film, I, I'm saying I, I didn't think there was anything that beat that. But yeah. For me, I thought the opening was probably like one of the best parts. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the stronger moments is just when there's not a lot of character stuff going on later on, it's just like pure destruction. Um, those sequences are very fun when yeah. the moon is, as always, I guess moonfall is very accurate because the moon kind of never stops falling. Um, but when it's very close, falling almost on Earth, um, it kind of has its own gravitational pull, right? And pulling things away. So it's like mm -hmm. this, this, this great effect of like pulling stuff up and people up and like buildings up and cars. And um, I think th that was that was just a fun sight to behold. Uh, but I do agree, like the rest of the movie is not very strong. This um, The MacGuffin of uh, X, uh, I think it's uh, ZX7 or something like that. Uh, that's kind of the MacGuffin to, to stop it all. Um, and there's the uh, weird name drops for, I, I don't really get why we get name drops for like SpaceX uh just keep it at nasa that's fine i'm assuming they threw some money at it yeah maybe maybe elon produced this film when it's privately produced i'm assuming because like as i said it's like an ad for lexus and kaspersky and then it's like basically an ad for spacex and elon musk because they name drop elon so many times yeah. i understand that they do spacex because obviously it's like set in real life so spacex obviously has their fueling thing up there which i kind of totally understand why they name dropped him um, and then they said like it, it's in ludicrous mode, mm -hmm. which is like the the mode that you can set Teslas to to go a bit faster. Yeah. So like there's all these like references to like Tesla and their or Elon Musk's companies in there. So I'm just assuming that you know he he was like throw my name in there, I'll give you some money. Oh yeah, I, I think another fun scene is just um when the the kid who you know his kid is arrested, right? That whole subplot is kind of odd to have in there. Dumb. It's very dumb. Uh, it's definitely an unneeded. Uh, also, the Michael Pena subplot, I think it's totally unnecessary. Um, but <laughs> there's a scene where they just like drive like crazy and are basically running from the moon that keeps creeping behind them. And I just, I think there's a scene where they like ride on ice or like the snow or whatever. And he's 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 driving like he he's the DK, he's the Drift King of this universe. He's going absolutely crazy. There's also like he is the drift king of this universe <laughs> for how apparently not inaccurate some of the stuff is like the scientific stuff. I feel like just always whenever there's a car involved, he cannot he cannot keep himself from making the car just like j jump and do like weird stuff that he, that he could never do. Just like not abiding to the laws of gravity. Um, and the whole thing um, of aliens and, and all of that stuff that is basically then the third act, uh, I think was just unnecessary. I think I would have been fine with something like a dumb movie where the moon for some reason whatsoever is just falling down. And that that's the movie. <laughs> I think that would have been interesting to see, like how people grapple, uh, grapple with that fact and try to stop it, uh, how there might not be a stopping, but actually like a don't look up ending for uh, a disaster movie for once. So yeah. Overall, I think the movie is definitely dragged down by its uh, its finale, by its third act. It has uh, quite a, an entertaining and strong opening. 
And um, yeah, I, I can see why people are not as happy with it because it definitely drags a bit and it's it's uh, doesn't come to a conclusion where you like go out of the cinema and it's like, oh yeah, that, that was that was super fun. It's just kind of a bit a bit icky in the way that they ended. Um, and maybe let's talk about that kind of the ending and how they almost once again, like in Independence Day Resurgence, uh, set up for a sequel. Um, so what do you think about that? Overall, I thought the ending was fine. I thought that uh, the sacrifice that Casey did was honestly an, an honorable thing. But I actually kind of hoped that, um, I don't even know what, uh, Brian was, uh, that's his name. Uh, I was really hoping that Brian would be the one. I didn't. Like, I, I don't really understand why he had to sacrifice himself. He's a bit of a bitch throughout the entire thing. He finally gets confidence now. I don't think that's cool. I think it honestly should be Brian that should die. That would be the cooler way of going. But obviously then they have that little credit, like, well, not credit, but like right at the end, you know, he's, his consciousness is scanned and he's now working with the moon and they've got work to do. And that's how it ends. And it's like, oh, what work do you have to do? Uh, is the moon going away now? Is the moon going up? Mm -hmm. Like, where's the moon going to go? Like, it's not falling down again, but like, like they now know that there's other extraterrestrial uh, beings like this uh, villain uh, around. Are they going to have to like prep? Or like, what, what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah, so it was a weird open-ended thing to have there. It's a weird, yeah. And unfortunately, we're probably not going to see a sequel. No. Uh, well, unfortunately slash fortunately. It does depend how you look at it. But like, well, I wouldn't bother for a sequel. I prefer this to be like a one and done because you can't really do like 2012 a sequel. I would love to see what well, you could just do 2013, 2014, 2015. 2021. <laughs> you jumped six years. How exciting, Luckman. Oh my God. How exciting. Uh, 2049. Exciting year, you know. Oh. Uh, no. 2077. <laughs> Yes, a uh, lot, of, lot of bugs there for some reason, uh, just infested with, with bugs and those types of creatures. Now, um, if I had to make a, a movie, I would just center it around Charlie Plummer's character, The Sun, and call it uh, Moonfall 2, Milky Way Drift. I think that would be a fun movie that they could potentially do. <laughs> <laughs> moon, moon, moon falls. <laughs> moon, <laughs> it's moon set falls. on Jupiter and it's all the moons coming down. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> the porn version is set on Uranus. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, we have once again reached a point in this podcast where uh, this dumb movie that we talk about also uh, goes into a, a stupid discussion. So we'll, 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 we'll conclude this and um, I'll give it my rating. I think it's higher than probably most people assume. I gave it a four out of ten or a two out of five. What about you, Lachlan? I gave it two and a half Crazy. out of five. Well, I... The thing was, when we talked about this last week... I didn't think it was shit. I didn't think it was good. I thought it was bland. I thought it yeah. was meh. Everyone's going to forget about it in a year. It's not going to be a cult classic. Everyone's but you went it. in thinking you might really have a good time of it. So I'm sorry that you were disappointed um, because... You know, I, I would not. wouldn't say I'm disappointed. You're not? I, I had a good what? time, but I wouldn't say I had an excellent time. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just think it's meh. Right. And as I said, no one's going to remember this yeah. movie. It's going to be gone, forgotten about in two years, not even in like two weeks' time. No one's going to comment on it until we get to the, the worst films of 2022 lists. Just like John Cusack's that career. That we're going to have it on. Just like, ah, that's my joke from the other podcast that we did. Wow. Great way of linking it all together. I love it. It all, it all comes full circle. <laughs> um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, next week, we'll take a look at Kenneth Branagh's new film, Death on denial um i like to call it death on denial you know but that's just a little silly thing that i do look at me silly boy mm. uh <laughs> all right don't forget to drop those five star reviews maybe you can you could hear in the back end of a discussion that uh we've been recording back-to-back -back episodes we are getting a bit tired but uh hopefully you had a good time with it so leave those five star reviews and uh, join us on uh discord uh on twitter all of the links to all of our socials are linked below um you can also join our patreon you get show notes for all of our episodes up there before the episodes come out you also get the episodes a tiny bit early a day early and um a bunch of other content like the drunk cast an exclusive show that's just over on patreon uh thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week <laughs>